So there was a gentleman who was an avowed atheist. He was such a keen atheist. He loved to go around telling people why he didn't believe in God. He loved to get out in uh, nature and loved to go out on hikes, days out into the wilderness. On one particular day, gorgeous day, he was walking through this forest and there was a river flowing nearby and leaves rustling in the trees. The birds were singing sweetly above his head and such tranquility. But suddenly it was burst open by a bear that just seemed to come out of nowhere and he turned on his heel and ran as quickly as possible as he could in the opposite direction. He felt the, the pounding of the earth as the bear was coming closer and closer to him. He could even feel its breath. And then, of course, he tripped and fell. He looked up and saw the huge grizzly bear above him with massive fangs and big paws about to just come down on top of him. And in that moment, he shouted out in desperation, God, help me. In that moment, everything froze. The bear became completely stationary. The, the leaves and the trees stopped rustling. The birds were silent. The river stopped flowing. A shaft of light came down to the trees and a voice spoke from heaven. What would you like me to do for you? In that moment, he was flabbergasted. His world was turned upside down. Thinking quickly, he said, well, I, I would feel terribly guilty saying, well, make me a Christian in this moment of desperation whenever I've I've spoken out against you all of my life, but could you make the bear a Christian? And with that, the shaft of light disappeared, the river flowed, the leaves started to rustle in the trees, the birds began to sing, and he heard this almighty crash, and he looked up, and there was the bear on its knees, eyes closed, with its paws in an attitude of prayer, and just relief just flooded across him. He thought, my goodness, my, my prayer has been answered. And until he heard the bear say, for what I'm about to receive, may the Lord make me truly thankful. Okay, it's one of my old jokes, but today we listen again to a very familiar story, one of Jesus' best-known stories one he tells in response to being criticized by religious leaders for welcoming sinful people and even eating with them. The story would have been saddening and shocking to those who first heard it. It's a story of a broken family, a father and his two sons. The sons have no love or regard for their father or for each other. Tragically, the younger son shows that he would prefer his father to be dead. He just wants his inheritance. He just wants what he believes should come to him. He leaves home but soon finds the world to be a hard, unloving place. So he returns not knowing when he'll be, how he'll be received. The older son also shows no appreciation for his father. He too seems to be concerned about what he can get from his dad. Rather than having a relationship with him, or relationship with his brother. He neglects his responsibility to set an example and to reconcile his younger brother with his father. Both sons bring shame on their father by their actions towards him. But it is the father who delivers the greatest shock. 
he allows himself to be humiliated over and over again in the hope of reconciling his sons to himself and to one another. He is willing to endure loss, shame, and risk in pursuit of his purpose. In love, he gives away everything to his two sons, yet as the story ends, we don't know what each of the sons will do. We don't know what is to become of this broken family. Will they in time become like their father? The reason the story is open-ended is because the answer lies with each person who hears the story. The original hearers included tax collectors, sinners, Pharisees, and teachers of the law. Each would have recognized themselves in the story, the non-religious as the younger brother and the religious as the older brother, Israel, the inheritor of God's riches. We as readers know that Jesus is the true Israel, the one telling the story is the true older brother with the same compassion as that of his heavenly Father. He is the true Israel, come to reconcile all lost children to the Father and to one another. Jesus' story of the Father enduring shame is the story of his own life. This is his own autobiography of living, suffering, and a shameful death. As one follower of Jesus reflected on the life and death of his master, he summed it up simply in these words, God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. This morning on this Father's Day, Jesus is inviting you into that real story in which he died a shameful death on the cross to bring you back to God. You decide which way the story ends for you. Will the love of the Father penetrate your heart? Will you become, in time, like the compassion-filled Father? the one who engages with the grief of his family, who embraces the brokenness, who forgives all manner of hurts inflicted on him, who generously gives away everything, who endures widespread misunderstanding, who accepts shame. On this Father's Day, if you want to know what the ultimate father looks like, we need go no further than the story of, of the father who pours himself out for his children. It seems impossible to us to live a life like that, to become like our heavenly father, but with God all things are possible. In and through Jesus the father has and is pouring out his love into the hearts of all those who will receive him. The amazing way he does this is by moving into our lives, taking up residence in us by his Spirit. We become united with Christ, one with him, a child of God. We are given the ability to hear and respond to the wonderful, challenging, life-giving invitation that we've been reading about in these weeks in the Purpose Driven Life. The five purposes that we as a church sum up 
in five invitations from the Father delivered to us through His Son, Jesus Christ. Give your all. Join the family. Keep on growing. Serve each other. Transform your world. It's an invitation to turn from the world's way to God's way, to turn to Jesus who laid down his life for you, to be embraced by the love of the Father who in Jesus has come to you. Allow his love to melt your heart. Allow his love to heal your wounds. Allow his love to forgive your brokenness. Receive his spirit. He will clothe you spiritually with the marks of being his son or daughter, with the robe that signifies your identity as a child of the Father and under his protection, with the ring which signifies the authority that is yours as a child of God to act on his behalf, with the sandals which signify the strength and ability that you have and are being continually given to be a compassionate child of your Father in heaven. It's an invitation expressed to you in a letter which you may well have read or seen before entitled The Father's Love Letter, an intimate message from God to you. My child, you may not know me, but I know everything about you. I know when you sit and when you rise up. I am familiar with all your ways. Even the very hairs on your head are numbered, for you were made in my image. In me you live and move and have your being. You are my offspring. I knew even before you were conceived. I chose you when I planned creation. You were not a mistake. For all your days were written in my book. I determined the exact time of your birth and where you would live. You were fearfully and wonderfully made. I knit you together in your mother's womb. You were brought forth. I brought you forth in the day you were born. I have been misrepresented by those who don't know me. I'm not distant and angry, but I'm the complete expression of love. And it is my desire to lavish my love upon you. Simply because you are my child and I am your father. I offer you more than your earthly father ever could. For I am the perfect father. Every good gift that you receive comes from my hand. For I am your provider and I meet all your needs. My plan for your future has always been filled with hope because I love you with an everlasting love. My thoughts towards you are countless as the sand on the seashore, and I rejoice over you with singing. I will never stop doing good to you, for you are my treasured possession. I desire to establish you with all my heart and all my soul. I want to show you great and marvelous things. If you seek me with all your heart, you will find me. Delight in me, and I will give you the desires of your heart. For it is I who gave you those desires. I am able to do for you far more than you could possibly imagine. 
for I am your greatest encourager. I am also the Father who comforts you in all your troubles. When you are brokenhearted, I am close to you. As a shepherd carries a lamb, I have carried you close to my heart. One day, I will wipe away every tear from your eyes, and I'll take away all the pain you have suffered on this earth. I am your Father. I love you, even as I love my Son, Jesus. For in Jesus, my love for you is revealed. He is the exact representation of my being. He came to demonstrate that I am for you, not against you, and to tell you that I'm not counting your sins. Jesus died so that you and I could be reconciled. His death was the ultimate expression of my love for you. I gave up everything I loved that I might gain your love. If you receive the gift of my son, Jesus, you receive me. And nothing will ever separate you from my love again. Come home and I'll throw the biggest party heaven has ever seen. I have always been father and will always be father. My question is, will you be my child? I am waiting for you. Love your dad, almighty God. What I'd love us to do is simply open ourselves up afresh to God. I think when we read and hear the story of the father who lavishes his love on his sons and that father's love letter, we wonder, can it, can it be true? Can it be true that the father loves me just the way I am? Can it be true that he gave his greatest treasure, his own son, to have a relationship with me? Yes. Yes, Jesus declares. Yes, the Bible declares. Our questions may come and say, well, what about that pain that I've endured in my life? What about that sorrow? What about that sickness? What about that disappointment? What about that suffering? The Father has never intended us to, to be caused pain. It's the unloving brokenness of the world that has brought pain. And sometimes, if we're honest, our own decisions. The Father has only ever and only ever wants good for us. And more than anything else, He wants us to want Him not for what He can do for us. He wants us to want Him for who He is. That was the downfall of the younger son and the older son. Both of them ultimately wanted God to do things for them. The father longs to be loved for who he is. He's very happy to pour out gifts onto his children in an abundance which is beyond our imagination. But more than anything else, he wants your love freely given. He wants us to respond to his generosity and his goodness. That's all he's ever wanted from us. And that's what ultimately brings us life. So shall we stand together? stand in the knowledge of the fact that Christ has reconciled the world to himself, 
And as we receive Christ, we have received the presence of the Father. As the prayer team this week were praying, they had two words they wanted to share with us. One, uh, they, they felt there may be someone in our congregations this morning who has a fear that history may be repeating itself, this sort of sense of, oh no, we're going down the same road again. I'm, I'm going down the same path. The Lord doesn't want you to be afraid. Through his word, he says to you, death and life are in the power of the tongue. Speak a new reality over your own life. Do not speak yourself into a place of defeat by your own words. You have the power within you in Christ to speak a new future over your own life. The most powerful voice in your life is your own. Do not believe that history has to repeat itself. Life is in the power of the tongue. Isaiah 65 says, the earlier troubles are gone and forgotten, banished far from sight. And forget the former things, do not dwell in the past. See, I am doing a new thing. person the prayer team also sensed that there may be someone or a number of people who feel in life as if they're walking on eggshells, whether it's in the home or with friends or with in work, that fear which is, I've got to be very, very careful what I do and what I say. The Lord does not want you to live in fear. The Lord says, I've come that you may have life and have it to the full. Cast all your anxiety on Him because He cares for you. If that resonates with you, then be open to the Lord doing a new thing and bringing life and healing. Another sense in the prayer this last while was a sense of a tightness around the head, perhaps leading to headaches or, or just tension and stress. And the Lord wants to bring physical healing into your life today. So let's wait on the Lord and trust that whatever He gives us is good. You may want to put your hands out and be in an attitude of receiving the good things of God because Christ came that you may have all the good things that heaven affords. So Father, in the name of Christ today, on this Father's Day, we simply say, Lord, have your way. And more than anything else, Father, we want you more and more and more. We want you to have more and more of us Come, Holy Spirit, refresh us with your presence. Come, Spirit of the Father. And in a time of silence, we express to the Lord our deepest desires, our deepest longings, our hopes and prayers.
psalmist, today the Lord is saying, look up. Don't keep looking down in life. Look up. Lord, I pray that you would lift burdens today off those whose shoulders feel heavy, who feel the burden is heavy. Lord, today, bring a lightness in spirit. Lord, your love is amazing, as the song says, steady and unchanging, firm beneath our feet. Lord, we don't trust in our own strength going forward. We trust in your strength. We've discovered, Lord, that our, our strength is not enough. Only in Christ do we have a rock between our, between our feet. Only in you, Lord, we find our strength. Father, today I pray for your blessing on all the men standing here today. Father, I pray, Lord, you'd pour out your spirit on the men here today as well. We pray for your spirit of courage, of compassion, of strength, of gentleness, of peace, of a holy anger and for justice. Come, Lord Jesus. Pray for those who are fathers, those who are spiritual fathers. We pray your blessing on children and grandchildren and great-grandchildren and wives and husbands, on men and women today. Lord, pour out your Holy Spirit. Lord, in the places where we long for breakthroughs, may those breakthroughs come. Whether in relationships, health, finance, mindset, thought patterns, sense of your presence and power in our lives. Father, breakthrough. Lord, we offer you ourselves today. Just as you have offered yourself for us, we pray, Lord, that you would pour out yourself as we offer ourselves to you. Thank you, Lord, that when we seek you, we find you, as you, we seek you with all our heart. And as we continue now to worship you, Lord, we, we offer ourselves to you as we either stand in silence or sing. And Lord, as we leave this place today, we don't leave your presence. And so, Father, we, we build a throne as we, as we sing. We, we declare that you're a great Father 
You're the perfect Father. You're our Father. And we thank you, Lord, that this life for us is, is not the end. That the best is yet to come. There's a new heaven and a new earth coming. A new creation brought about through the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Lord, we know it. We can sense it. We see its effects. We have tasted and seen that you are good. And we look forward, Lord, to all that you have for us, not only in the world to come, but also in this world. So, Lord, Spirit, break out among us. Do a new thing among us. For the sake of your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen.